Welcome into Bucks Insider presented by Ticketmaster. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And we are back again to talk about, unfortunately, a loss, but now also look forward to this next game against the Texans, which will hopefully be a get right game. Um, let's start with some of the good things that did come out of that Bills game. I know it feels like at this point it's been a whole week since that game. Right. We've got a lot of time to digest everything. I actually went to my sister's wedding since then. Look at that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, it was a good time. If she's watching, congratulations. <laughs> um, so tell me, first of all, let's talk a little bit about our, our wide receivers because we got a chance to see Mike Evans get a touchdown, Chris Godwin get a touchdown. Always a, always a good thing for Bucks fans when both of those guys are getting in the end zone. Um, let's start with Mike. And yet again, it's every. I feel like every game, every year, Mike does something, and right. we're like, and now with this yes. record, or he's moving up this list. Yes. And I just, I love that of getting to track. I, I think we could do an Evans graphic pretty much every week. Every week of where he's at in the whole history of the league on things. So that, that was an incredible Yeah, catch. that was on fourth and ten, by the way, and it made a comeback at least possible we all know how the game ended um, that was his 86th touchdown catch uh, which is an incredible number and every time as you can see here pretty much every time he catches another touchdown he moves up the list he's now tied for 17th all-time in NFL history which means the same thing as all-time uh, 86 touchdowns tied for 17th if he gets one more he's tied with Andre Reed if he gets two more he's tied with Don Maynard a, a star from years and years ago. As you can see, he just keeps moving up a list. Now, Jimmy Graham and Devontae Adams are both active, so they could possibly also mm -hmm. continue to add. But And there's a big jump from 12th tie with Rob Gronkowski to the next one, 11th, because the next one's 99. So that's why I stopped that graphic there. But as you can see, almost every time he catches a pass now, he's getting associated with a new group of famous pass catchers. And I love that you put the Hall of Famer <laughs> little asterisk on there. Yes. And then the active player and all of that, because obviously we know Gronk going to the Hall of Fame the moment he's eligible. Yeah, he's neither of those two things now. Yeah, he's not but eligible, he, but, but not he active. will be, yes. So when you look at these lists, and as of course every Bucks fan knows, we all believe Mike Evans is a gold jacket guy. And these these are the stats that will get him there. That when you look at who all is around him and knowing that he's not done yet and that he's gonna keep moving up that list and it's just all these Hall of Famers right yeah. there in front of him that it's like this is a really great case. A year or two ago I, I was a little worried about it. I'm not worried about it anymore. Yeah. I think it's going to be ironclad by the time he's done because this isn't his last season by the way. Mm -hmm. So he's, um, I would say it's almost a lock he's going to get to 100 touchdowns and if he gets to 100 touchdown catches there's that's no way air. they're all in yeah everybody that can be in is in he also has that streak which will probably become 10 this year of a thousand yard seasons which would tie for the um most second most ever behind mm -hmm. the greatest of all time jerry rice so um he he can i think he's kind of in i'm not saying he's coasting he's playing very very hard but in terms of statistics yep. he's kind of coasting to the finish line right now i agree and then chris godwin first touchdown of the year for him which not saying that he has not been playing in an incredible route it's just his areas of success have not been in the end zone yet that he seemed to be more like Baker's third down guy. He's got all these clutch catches, but it hadn't been in the end zone. And it was great to see him get that one again. He's been playing at such a high level and it just hadn't resulted in a touchdown catch yet. It was great to see him get that. Did you see that catch? Yeah, it's unbelievable. That was not easy. And NFL Next Gen Stats called it the uh, most improbable touchdown catch on a slant route since the middle of 2001 because wow. I mean look at this it's not an easy play not at all a little hard to tell on that replay but it was a really tough catch and by making that touchdown catch Chris Godwin tied uh, Cam Brate for the most touchdown catches in team history or I mean third most and behind Jimmy Giles and then of course Mike Evans and Giles only has 34, so uh, he's just one behind that. And he also has 34 total touchdowns to tie Jimmy Giles for 
fourth all time in team history because he pre he did also have one touchdown run a year or two ago. So he's also moving up the ranks. He's already second in pretty much every receiving category in team history behind his teammate Mike Evans, and pretty soon he's going to be second in touchdowns. Yep, that's going to be great. Um, all right, and so of course we talked about how it was kind of unfortunate the team had such an early bye week. Turned out it was kind of nice timing-wise because of injuries. Time. And the good news is if as much as that was already gone and you're like, man, it's such a long season without yeah. it, the one perk of a Thursday night game, the front end of a Thursday night game, never fun. The back end of it is you sort of get what everybody calls a mini buy, right? And yeah. it feels like that also ended up coming at a pretty good time for the Bucks in terms of some of the guys that were a little banged up that those extra couple days ended up really mattering. I have a feeling that mini buy would come at a good time anytime yeah, that you got true. it. You don't want to play You're never this. like, yeah, we don't need this. <laughs> There's always somebody banged up, right? In this case, uh, Todd Bull said on Monday that the team's about as healthy as it has as there's been all year. So that's good. Some of the uh, specifics Vita Vea who missed the last game with a groin injury that was really truly a game day decision with Vita they they took him out and they worked him out and he, he just wasn't able to go but he was close so as you can imagine with those extra days off and then coming into this week he was a full participant participant in practice yesterday so that's looking good from that front and I think his absence in Buffalo was very clear. You could tell the impact that it made. Our all of our defensive linemen combined had one tackle in that game, and and you can be a defensive lineman and have a really good impactful game, and it doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. I get that, but when all of them combined have one tackle, that's you know, I mean, I think that's a sign that Vita makes such a big difference in there. And then also Baker Mayfield, really. <clears throat> kind of quietly been dealing with that knee injury. He, he said it first happened in the New Orleans game mm -hmm. on the touchdown pass to... He got kind of folded yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And then he says he aggravated it against Detroit. So he's been dealing with it for a while. He says he's feeling better and better every day. And, and as we've seen this season, his mobility kind of is sneakily important. So that's good news for the Buccaneers as well. Yep. Um, I know that the way we talked about Mike Evans earlier, I feel like we can also talk about Levante David this way, of where <laughs> it is every game that he's getting more and more stats, more and more things that are both the combined idea of longevity and consistency. Yeah. Those are the words that for me, Levante just embodies so much. And man, especially when it comes to tackles, he has just been filling that stat sheet this year. I think he's going to get 15 tackles this week because he had 12 in three games ago, 13 two games ago, and 14 last game. So he's, he's doing a little trend thing here. But all those tackles, 39 in the last three games, um, <clears throat> by far the most on the defense. He's just kind of, I mean, look at these highlights. He's all over the field. And um, it, what's crazy is that he's actually close to a Hall of Famer now on the Bucks. I'll look at this. Wow. Well, those first two guys are both Hall of Famers. Uh, for a long time, nobody has really threatened any of these numbers, but now Levante is close to catching Rondé. It's amazing that Rondé is there, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Look at all the other players on this list. What do they have in common? Linebacker. They're linebackers. Rondé's a cornerback. You're not supposed to get 1,400 tackles. He was an expert <clears throat> at getting stats he wasn't supposed to get. <laughs> that's very true. So that's just, the point is it sets the bar very, very high. And Levante, I mean, it's not out of the question he could get it this week because it's 17 tackles. Probably going to take a couple games, but pretty soon he's going to be second only to the great Derek Brooks in team history in tackles, and that's pretty amazing. That is quite a stat, I'm sure, that he is very excited about. Um, it was funny because I actually interviewed him recently, and I told him, and I, now I can't remember, it was one of those stats about what he was about to get yeah. with his tackles, and he was like, 
I didn't know that. He usually doesn't. He know. never, and I love that about him that he's <laughs> never. You can tell he is not doing this to chase stats. No, no. He had no idea, and he was like, "Well, that's kind of cool." I think cool. he likes to hear it. Though. Yeah, he yeah. said he seemed. He was like, "Oh, that's yeah. cool. Thanks." But it, you could tell it was like he is not sitting there looking at all of his lot, stats and deciding what he needs to do. A lot of great players take that approach. Like, I'll look at the numbers when it's all done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. So speaking of numbers. Bucks red zone defense had had some pretty dang good numbers this year and you know the, especially going against the Bills recently that they had one of the top red zone offenses so this That's is even right. the Bucks having this stat facing some of the best in the league at it um, so I mean this is just unbelievable in terms of what this defense has been able to do in terms of limiting points yeah and we're not trying to make this sound like everything's coming up roses right mm -hmm. now obviously the Bucks are on a three game losing streak and we do acknowledge that but there's no harm in pointing out some of the places where the Buccaneers have done a good job and things that could be a strength going forward if you can kind of turn this around also the fact that the Bucks are number one in the league in turnover margin these are good signs yep. that if we can get a couple other things fixed the Buccaneers have a chance to win a lot of games the red zone defense has been fantastic uh, against the Bills they uh, there were four trips inside the red zone and two of them came away with touchdowns uh, that's actually 50 percent Obviously, that's actually lower than the the average NFL per team, which is 53 point something percent. But that was worse. You know, that made our, our average get worse because it was at 22.7. Now it's at 27.3 percent of drives that went in the red zone that then became touchdowns, which is still by far, as you can see here, the lowest in the league. So. I don't think it's a fluke at this point. It seems to happen every week. There's been some turnovers. There's been some turnovers on downs. And then, of course, just times when you, uh, when you make them settle for three points instead of seven. So mm -hmm. that's, I think, even though the offense has been having a little trouble scoring points, it's kept the Bucks in ball games. Yeah, and that is great to know that when your offense is still struggling in some areas and trying to find, <clears throat> trying to find their identity in a few areas, to know your defense is going to keep you in a position mm -hmm. to be like we saw with the Bills game. There, there was a chance at the end to yeah. be able to try to you know tie the game, go ahead. That just to keep you in the game is what an offense needs to know. And like I'm sure that gives them a lot of boost to know, hey, this defense, they're getting us the ball back at mm -hmm. a reasonable rate in terms of turnovers. They're holding off some of those points where yeah. that gives you that boost of all right. Like once we kind of get these things going, exactly, we can figure this out. Um, and speaking of the offense, we had a roster move, um, probably uh, yeah. not going to have a whole lot of impact on who you see on the field, but it was still a very interesting one. So tell us what happened this week. Yeah, it's funny because um, the uh, it was around the trade deadline. So there was a lot of, everybody was waiting, like, what are the big moves in, you know, are the Bucks going to make any moves? They did make one move. They promoted John Wolford, the, their third quarterback from the practice squad to the active roster. Reportedly, the Vikings were sniffing around after Kirk Cousins got hurt, and you can sign any team can sign a player off of another team's practice squad at any time as long as they're signing him to their active roster. So if as long as you leave John on the practice squad, he can, get snatched he can up. go yep. if he decides to go. Now, he still could have. Yeah. If the Vikings had come in with an mm -hmm. offer, he could have. Presumably what happened is the Buccaneers probably had a standing agreement with him. If anybody comes, let us know. Let us know and, and we'll take care of you yep. and and I think there, there were reports the Rams were interested as Rams well as since well. Matthew Look. Stafford had a oh, yeah. his little uh, injured thumb or whatever it Good is point. so I think and, and Wolford had been with the Rams exactly. before yeah. so I think that is a incredible sign that looking at both those teams Wolford was like you know what I want to stay here that's I think cool. that's yeah. I think that's yeah. very cool and and from the Bucks perspective as uh, Todd Bowles said 
you just didn't want to lose a guy that knows the system and then be scrambling to try to find another quarterback to bring in here and then teach him the system. So he, John Wolford, despite the fact that he was on the practice squad, had a lot of value for the Buccaneers. And um, Baker Mayfield then said the same thing. He says he's so smart, he's so important in our room, and he knows the offense so well. So uh, it, it's good for John, obviously, that he's getting this promotion, uh, and it just shows his value. And you mentioned that this was around the trade deadline. People were wondering what was going to happen, and basically the Bucks uh, just kind of stood pat that mm -hmm. they just kind of hung out with the guys that they have. And, and Jason Light had talked about the fact that yeah, we're happy. He, I think he went on Good Morning Football right. and was just like, yeah, we're we're happy with the group yeah, we have. Yeah, I, I think they are happy with the core of this team. And I liked what uh, Coach Bulls said on Monday before the deadline when he was asked, to, are, "Are the Bucks buyers or sellers?" And he said, "We're not buyers or sellers. We're listeners." Mm -hmm. So they would have listened had somebody called whether to. Do you want to trade for this guy, or would you be? They would have listened, but I think that the Buccaneers probably were not looking to be sellers. I, I think at three and four and a half game out of first, and and a feeling that they're very close on offense, as Baker Mayfield said again on Wednesday. They just feel. He said, "I know I keep saying this, but I think we're just right there. We're really close." So I think the Bucks feel internally like they have a talented team that can win some games, and I don't think they were going to be sellers. Yep. All right. Well, now let's turn our attention to this upcoming game against the Texans and a rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, that is not playing no. like a rookie. I think he's, what, 10 touchdowns to one interception? Nine, Nine and one. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's, and he's making good decisions. He's got like a 94.5 passer rating. Yeah, he's been the best of, the, of this year's rookie quarterback so far. Who knows what will happen in the long run. But the Bucks are about to face a bunch of them. I guess we're going to get... Uh, Bryce Young twice with the mm -hmm. Panthers. It looks like Will Levis is probably going to be the starter going forward it in Tennessee. It would have been Anthony Richardson if it he hadn't gotten exactly. hurt. We would have had just a whole gauntlet of exactly right. That's exactly right. So C.J. Stroud is the first one. Um, you always, when you're facing a rookie quarterback, you always think, I think we'll probably be very aggressive. Of course, Todd Bowles is a very aggressive play caller as is, but we're going to try to confuse this guy. We're going to try to pressure him as much as possible. And that's probably the plan, and that's probably every team's plan against the Texans right now, but he's done such a good job uh, just making good decisions, and, and he's a very accurate passer. So it's a challenge, even though he is a rookie. All right, well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll be back here next week.